Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. I am Katie Papo, and today's topic is portion sizes. So if you're listening in live, send me a comment, let me know you're here. Um, The reason why I wanted to bring up this topic today, especially in time for the holidays, is this question often comes up a lot. And um, one of the anxieties around holidays too can be, oh, I have this idea of this specific amount of food that I should be eating. And being around all these delicious foods, I'm afraid I won't be able to stick to my plan. Um, Or we might go in the opposite uh, mentality, which is I'm going to be eating so much that after that, I'm going to need to restrict myself to lose weight and what's the ideal portion size. So, excuse me. So this is the idea. Um, This is not unique to the holidays though. Um, I'm often seeing questions of this nature and they can look like this. They can look like Um, how can I make myself eat reasonable portions? How often should I be eating? Um, What size portion should I be eating specifically during eating disorder recovery? Um, Another question that comes up is, is along the lines of my hunger signals are so messed up from all the dieting and things that I've done in the past. I don't even know how much to eat anymore. What's a reasonable amount? Um, or what size portion is best for my body. So I'm going to talk about this uh, briefly today and uh, talk about my two cents about portion sizes. Oh, good. I see Jeff is here. Hello. He says, hi, Katie Papo. Hi, Nancy. Nice to see you too. Awesome. I'm glad you guys are here. So let's start with this. If you want to become what I call a peaceful eater, which is for me, just, it feels like a more accurate way of saying normal eater, just because I don't love the word normal, but I know a lot of times we use the word normal to describe how we want to be around food, like saying, I just want to be normal around food. Um, But really what I'm talking about here is a peaceful eater where it feels effortless, where you don't need to um, force yourself essentially either way. So if you want to be like that, if you want to have an effortless relationship with food, it's important to really take a moment to set aside everything that you've been taught about following certain portion sizes and instead focus on there's one entity who will know exactly how much you will feel best eating at any given moment. Okay, there's one entity and that entity is your body. Now, There is no magic number of calories, macros, bites, ounces that are going to be the perfect number for you to eat, like as your correct portion size. Um, What I found, especially when when working with 
issues like binge eating, emotional eating, food addiction, that the portion size was never really the problem. Because if it was the problem, then it would be more about, oh, I just have an intellectual misunderstanding. Oh, I just need to be educated on what's a proper portion. And then all these issues would go away. But what most people find is that even if you're told by a doctor or a nutritionist or a dietitian what an ideal portion size should be or look like, that that doesn't actually solve the problem. What it does is it just creates a standard for you to reach but then usually the real problem comes when you're actually trying to implement because you might know intellectually, oh, this is the portion size that was recommended for me, but you're still eating beyond that or feeling out of control or restricted when you try to only eat that. So, um, so the idea behind food freedom is you don't need somebody else to tell you what your body needs in any given moment, okay? It's more about being able to listen to your body at any given time and to feel what the message is. And then being able to adapt yourself, not to work against yourself, but to work with yourself. So you're actually giving the body what it needs. And when the body gets what it needs, it feels more satisfied. And when you when you feel satisfied physically and mentally, you don't you can't simultaneously have the urge to binge, right? Satisfaction and craving, they're the opposites, right? They don't go together. The more satisfied we are, the less cravings come and the less cravings come, the less we have the urges to binge. So the idea is we don't want to be create actively creating situations for ourselves where we're fueling cravings. So if we're constantly restricting ourselves and we're trying to force ourselves to eat smaller portions of something when we actually need more, or if mentally we feel like we want more and we're being deprived, then we're just fueling cravings. We're fueling binges. So we're making our lives harder for ourselves, essentially. Um, so while it might seem straightforward to just say, oh, well, I'm just going to go to this nutritionist and they're going to tell me what to eat. And then I'll just, you know, be like a robot and I'll just follow it exactly. And I have, I'll have no emotions along the way. And that will be it. Like, how nice would that be? But that's not really the way that it works. And if you've noticed that you have trouble sticking with plans or diets, then chances are is those diets or plans have been fueling your cravings, which is fueling the binges. Um, so when we're talking food freedom, right, we're talking how do we create a situation where I don't need to follow these plans to be successful? Rather, I can simply listen to my own body, go about my normal life without thinking about food so much that it's consuming me. I can just eat like a quote unquote normal person and let that be it. So the question is, how do we get from point A of, of um you know, feeling out of control around food to get to point B where it's more effortless and we don't have to think about things like portion sizes because it's irrelevant. So, so if the only entity who can really give you feedback on what's going to be the appropriate amount of food for you, if, if that entity is your body, then we need to start listening to the body. And the reason why I'm focusing on the body, um, like I said, there's no, um, there's no magic number, right, of calories, portion size. There's no magic amount. Um, 
But if we were to continue to focus on, well, what's the right amount? I just need to find the right amount. I just need to make sure it's the right portion size. If we're still fixated on something external like that, we're missing the point. And it, this is actually taking you further and further away from your food freedom. Why? Because the more you're focused on these external factors, right, the less you're focused on the internal factors, what's going on inside you. So it's not about what portion size is best to put on your plate. It's what amount, right, actually feels good within your body. And if you're fixated just on the amount on your plate or on the scale or, you know, in the, in the, in the bag of food, if you're just fixated on these external quantities, you're not actually focusing on what that quantity feels like when it's sitting inside of your body as you're eating it, right? And your body is what's going to give you the feedback on what feels good and what doesn't feel good. Um, now, tuning into your body, as you guys know, I'm sure by now, if this is not your first time listening to us, that this is a skill that can be taught, right? We teach this every day. Um, and we've seen that across the board, no matter how long a person has been struggling with dieting or losing weight or gaining weight or all those things, we've, we've noticed that this skill can be learned by anyone. Why? Because this is a skill that you were actually born with. It's natural to you to know when it feels good to stop um, and when it feels good to eat. You were born with this. Now, the more we diet, right, and the more we try to follow somebody else's portion sizes and somebody else's rules, the more we're taught to override our natural signals, right? And then the more we're overriding our natural signals, the less we're listening to our body and then the less food freedom we're going to have. Um, now, I think it's important to note that there are certain circumstances that exist where it's appropriate to sort of be quote unquote force fed, right? Like, like, let's say there's a minor who has an eating disorder, who's anorexic, they might be taught, you must eat these certain portion sizes in order to gain the weight back in order to, you know, live and be healthy. So I'm not talking about um, portion sizes in the context of you need you need this to get back to you know a safe where, where you can actually be safe and not be monitored anymore what i'm talking about is for someone who's already you know who who already is within is is um uh someone who's not underweight and without needing to be monitored i'm i didn't i didn't use good wording to describe what I just meant, but I hope you can understand what I mean. I'm not talking about that sort of situation um, because, and, and even understand that even in that situation, the goal is still different than what I'm talking about here. Cause the goal for that situation is not food freedom. The goal is just to get them to the point where they're no longer endangering their own lives. Right? So the, the goal is different to begin with, but forcing someone to eat, you know, three meals a day, three, two snacks a day or whatever, that's not training them for food freedom. That's just trying to get them to eat enough that they don't, you know, 
hurt themselves. So even still, the goal is different. So what we're talking about here is with the goal of food freedom, how do I get myself off of diets without being afraid that I'm going to overdo all my portions and just keep gaining weight? Because I know that that's the big fear, right? Is I want to be free, but I feel like I need these portion sizes and I need to stick to what I know because I'm afraid that if I don't, I'll lose control and I'll gain my weight back. Um, but here's the thing, guys, is the body's needs will forever change, right? So, and, and um, those, those of you guys who are listening who have done our program before, you might've felt, right? And you, I'm sure you can remember that some days you're hungrier than others, right? Um, some, some, sometimes of the month you're hungrier than others. Um, maybe when you were a teenager, you eat more than, you know, when you're 80 years old. So, so as we go throughout life, right, the body's needs will change, right? When we're healing, sometimes we need to eat more. Sometimes we need to eat less. Um, there's no right or wrong, but it's about how can I build a skill that even when my body's needs are continuously changing as I age, as I grow, um, as I move throughout different phases of my life, how can I create a skill that will help me in any of those circumstances. So even if my needs change, I can adapt very easily and still eat in accordance with what feels best for my body. And the answer for that is really learning how to redirect your focus from external cues to internal cues, right? So what would an example of an external cue be? Number on the scale portion size, how many ounces of food is, how many calories of food is, um, how many macros, right? So all of these are things outside of you. What are examples of internal cues, right? It can be how peaceful do I feel while I'm eating? How, how hungry do I feel? How satisfied do I feel? How thirsty do I feel? Those are internal cues that come from inside, right? So so one of the one of the things that um, comes up as a fear for people is, oh, well, my hunger signals are so messed up and my fullness signals are so messed up. I don't even know if I can listen to them anymore. And you can. The answer is you can. It just might take a little bit of practice. But we've seen even with we had a, a, a client now who had that same exact fear and it's been a few days and she uh, already shared that she experienced hunger for the first time in however long she could remember. So that's already a positive sign that within a few days, even though she didn't think it would ever be possible, right, she's already starting to get these signals again and starting to reconnect with those signals. So now she's going to be in a position where she can start working with her internal cues. And the more she learns to do that, the less relevant and less dependent it's going to be for her to have to focus on something like portion size or weight in order to tell her what's enough. Does that make sense? Um, so, so because the body's needs will forever change, that means you will forever need to adapt as long as you are in this body. Um, but this does not need to be a demanding process or a draining process or complicated. This can be very peaceful and very simple and almost to the point where it's like you don't even need to think about it. So only your body 
is going to be able to determine what would be appropriate. And I say appropriate, um, meaning helpful, right? What would be helpful for your body versus harmful in any given moment. Um, And you're the only one, that's the thing, no one can do this for you. You're the only one, because you're the one feeling it, who can interpret your body signals in any given moment. So therefore, if you want to be able to trust yourself around food, you're going to start to need to empower yourself with this skill of body listening. In other words, starting to listen to your own internal cues versus getting distracted by all these external cues of portion sizes and um, weight and all that kind of stuff. The more you can listen to your internal cues, the mo- that's going to be your most accurate uh, representation of how you feel in that moment. Um, and we found this this skill to be so critical that we start teaching it in our private uh, immersion program. We start teaching this on the first day. Um, and ideally, I want anyone who works with us to understand this concept b- at least before the first day, because our clients usually have the common goal of, I just want to be able to trust myself around food, right? And you might have that same goal. I just want to be able to trust myself. Um, and when it comes down to trust, I would say that body listening and being able to listen to those internal cues versus those external cues, that's going to be your most important skill set in order to build that trust. And if we were to just kind of look at that, um, look at what I just said, right? Um, body listening is the single most important skill set to build trust, right? Now, think about that in terms of any relationship. Right. If I just took out the word body from that sentence and I just said listening is the most important skill that you need to build trust. Wouldn't that be true for most relationships? Right. Doesn't trust call for that strong communication and the ability to listen? Like you guys know that me and Shahar work together. We're married. Now, if he didn't listen to me. Right. And whenever I'm trying to tell him what I need, he doesn't listen to me. And instead, he goes based on something external and completely disregards what I'm saying I need. How good of a relationship is that going to build for us? Right. Because there's no listening. Right. If he tells me what he needs and I just disregard it and I just go with some what someone else would need and I'm not listening to him. Right. He's not going to trust me very much because listening is a really important part for any relationship. So when it comes to your body and if you really want to learn how to work with your body instead of against your body, listening is going to be your biggest job because the body can't really communicate. Um any differently than the way that it's currently communicating, right? And it communicates differently than we do, you know, talking to each other. It'd be amazing if the body was just like, hey, <laughs> hey, friend, um, I could really use like this, this amount of this food and this amount of this food. But instead, what it does is it communicates in, in the form of physical sensations, right? That's how you know when you've had a binge and you've had and you're in excruciating pain after a binge, right? That's the body's version of screaming. Does that make sense? Because the body can't say the words, stop it, right? All it can do is send that signal of extreme pain, which is the body's version of screaming. Now, if the body doesn't have something extreme going on, right? Um, it's going to communicate more subtly even, right? So think about as hunger comes even, 
right? When you're, when you're first hungry, it might be like a little hunger pang. It might be like a little rumbling in the stomach. It might be something like that, a smaller, um, a smaller cue, as opposed to if you're super duper hungry, it might feel like so intense that the stomach feels like it's almost eating itself. So, so there's variations in sensation that the body can can offer us. Um, but the bottom line is some of these sensations are subtle, right? And none of them are verbal, right? It's all physical sensations. So if you've been in your head, right, trying to count calories and think about what would be the best portion, you're, you've already lost, right? Because it's not about thinking about what would be the right portion. It's about feeling it as you're eating because your stomach is giving you feedback in real time. Does that make sense? And it's about eating in a way that's slow enough, that's calm enough that you are capable of, of receiving these signals and actually tuning in. And when And if you're not sure, being able to tune in and sit and actually feel what's going on. The more disconnected from your body you are and the more you're up in your head about, oh, well, that's the right calorie and that's the right portion on the plate and that's, you know, the number of ounces, you're you're just, you're furthering your disconnect from your body. Whereas the body's the one who's going to be able to say that was too much or this feels good or keep going or stop. Um, so, so because trust always calls for this strong communication, if you want to build trust with your body, that means you need to develop yourself as that good listener. And, but the good news is when you have that skill as a good listener, that doesn't leave you. You have that skill for life. And then as you and your body go throughout your life together and the body changes and goes through, you know, what it goes through, your, your job stays the same. You don't need to adapt and think of, oh, well, now I need a new nutritionist who only deals with people who are 43 years old instead of 42 years old. Like you don't need to keep um, looking outside of yourself. Instead, you keep deepening that relation that you have, that relationship that you have within yourself. So the skill that you're practicing stays the same. The only difference is you just continue to practice throughout your life. Um, but the good news also about that is the more you practice body listening, the easier and more natural it becomes. So um, so this isn't something I even need to like sit down and actively focus on doing so much anymore. It's more just that it's natural and the cues come and I'm just more aware of it because I've been doing this for a while now. So the idea is that this only becomes easier as you go rather than harder. Um, and... We see this in our immersion program that we, we don't tell people what to eat, right? We don't give rules on what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, how much to eat. Instead, we teach you the skill of body listening, and then we help you develop that skill so you get these answers yourself. And what we've seen is that this is very effective and pretty much everyone who does this work is going to be able to get these messages almost right away. Um, within a, within at least a few days. So when you have that full access to that channel of communication, you're not going to need guidelines or rules from these external places. You don't need external cues anymore, like meal plans or diets or experts. You're going to have that skill of understanding because you're going to be able to listen to the physical sensations of your body. 
um, and you're going to have that skill for life. So no matter what your body goes through, you're going to be able to adapt moment to moment with that skill of body listening. So this is all about, um, this is not about trying to find the perfect thing around you and create the perfect circumstances around you. This is about strengthening your skills. So that way, no matter what situation you're in, you can adapt yourself. Does that make sense? Um, because when you trust yourself from that place, that's the freedom, right? And we believe that eating should feel peaceful. And if you continue to look for the right portion size or the right meal plan or, oh, it shouldn't have been six ounces, it should have been eight ounces and getting caught up in that minutia, that only fuels disordered eating if that's what you've been struggling with, trying to follow somebody else's rules. What you need in order to have that skill of body listening, that is within you. It is within you right now and all you need is the proper training so you can just do it right and learn how to access it properly and peacefully. So um, we found that when people practice these skills, right, which involve concentration, which involves bringing, activating your parasympathetic nervous system and involves consistent practice of tuning in with your eating habits, we found that when you practice that properly, you will see progress quickly. Um, and some ways that progress can manifest itself, just so you know what types of progress to look for. It can be a, it can be a whole you know plethora of things, but it might look like um, if you leave a few bites on your plate without using willpower in order to do that, but it's just natural, like oh I'm good, I don't need the rest. Um, especially if you were part of the the clean plate club in the past, that is a huge. Uh, indicator of progress, which is something that we see all the time. Um, also, what what could be another another uh, example of progress? So, stopping eating at the point of satisfaction, right? Without you getting over full. When you when you start doing that without willpower, without telling yourself you need to stop now, that's also a sign of progress. Okay, as well, if the willpower is still involved, that means you're still trying to follow somebody else's rules and it's not coming from within you. Um, if you feel less heavy after eating, that's a clear sign that you're listening to your body, right? You're not overfilling yourself. Um, if you're enjoying eating when you're hungry without worrying about losing control, right? But you're actually using hunger the way hunger is intended, like using hunger as the sing signal to eat rather than saying, oh, hunger is something that should be feared and I should avoid being hungry because hunger leads to binges. Hunger does not lead to binges. I can't believe that people still say that. <laughs> um, and I don't want to sound negative, but it's just some of this just still blows my mind. Um, hunger is the number one cue to eat, right? Um, it's when we're over actively overriding hunger that we start to build that distrust with ourselves, and where the body freaks out and says, I'm hungry and I'm sending hunger signals. Why aren't you feeding me? Well, if you're not going to feed me, then I better slow down my metabolism and I'd better hold on to fat. And then we're like, why are, why are you doing that? Why can't I lose weight? And the body's like, well, because you're not feeding me enough. So, and, and, and so it's just a total lack of trust between the two of you. And it doesn't really get more complicated than that. It's just, a bad relationship, or I, I don't want to say bad because I hate to use the words good or bad. Um, it's just a, a relationship based on distrust. Um, so again, not bad or good, but if it's not along the lines of what you want, right, then changes have to be made. Um, this is all just about, it's not about right or wrong, good or bad. I want to just make sure I make that really clear. It's just about aligning with the result that you want. So saying, is this going to get me where I want to go? 
Um, so another uh, si sign of progress that we've seen is when people start enjoying their food more, even if what they're eating is less, right? That they're enjoying, they're getting more out of it. They're getting more enjoyment. They're getting more satisfaction. Um, and also we can see a sign of progress is thinking about food less, right? But still feeling more satisfied. So um, we had someone, uh, one of our clients, she had said, um, she, she was somebody who, who before working with us, she, just to give you a little bit of context, she was afraid she was killing herself because she was eating so much even after bariatric surgery. Um, and she was taking these fat burning shots and prescription diet pills. Like she was really putting a lot of stuff in her body to try to override hunger signals and that sort of thing. Um, but even with all that history, she practiced learning these skills. And then she says, you know, I've just been eating when my body tells me to eat. <laughs> and other than that, I don't really think about food, whereas it used to consume my entire day. So even someone who was on, you know, had bariatric surgery, took these fat burning shots, was on prescription diet pills, even she was able to reconnect with her body and her signals, even though she had been shutting them down for a very long time. Um, but I do want to say, before I close this talk today, I do want to say just one uh, sort of counterintuitive point that can trip up a lot of people. Um, and I want to make sure I'm clear about this, that when you're practicing body listening, you can't really go into the practice of body listening with the direct goal of trying to get those results. Um, what I mean by that is you can't sit down with a meal and say, I'm going to feel satisfied by the time I've eaten five of these, <laughs> right? Because that's still like your mind is saying it, right? Not your body. Your mind is saying five is the magic number, right? I, I want to eat five of these, but not more. So hopefully I'll be satisfied by then, right? If we try to go into body listening with, with that, um, where we have that rigid outcome that we need that completely takes away from the skills that we need to focus on to do this well. So what we need to do when we go into body listening is to have the spirit of curiosity and to have a calm attitude about it where you can be curious and focus on the essence of what we're really talking about, which is enjoyment, which is feeling good, right? Um, rather than reaching the magic number of five. Does that make sense? So the entire focus when you're when you're building this skill, your entire focus needs to be placed on the body listening itself, trying to get better at that skill rather than trying to control the results of how much you're going to eat in that moment. Does that make sense? Um, and I know that can seem scary or counterintuitive, but paradoxically, when you don't focus on the results in that way, that's when you're going to get the fastest results. And I know that sounds crazy, but we just see it so often that I feel like I need to share it. Um, whenever people are genuinely focused on developing the skill of body listening and coming at it with that spirit of curiosity, that's when they're most in tune. That's when they eat the best for their body. And that's when they get the fastest results of what they're looking for. So the benefits of body listening are infinite. I believe that this one skill has the potential to add years to your life. And of course, I'm not here to make health claims. I'm not claiming to be a doctor and I'm not claiming anything like that. But I have seen 
enough of our clients now reverse major health issues like diabetes, thyroid issues for the first time using this skill set without food rules. Whereas before they were struggling to stick with the food rules. So even though I cannot make claims like that, I can still say I've seen it and I've seen it enough times that it's presented itself as a, as a pattern. Um, and that's why we focus on body listening so much in our program as well, because it's the skill that does not stop giving. If you have the skill for life, like I can't even, I don't even know how much time and money and energy this has saved me already just in the last few years. Um, so to have this now for the rest of my life, all I can say is thank goodness. Um, so, so really what we want to be focusing on is the, the body listening and the skills. So, um, Janet had a question that I'll just answer before I go. Janet asked, is this similar to intuitive eating? So I don't really want to speak on intuitive eating too much because um, intuitive eating, if we were to talk about it as the brand, right? Intuitive, like this is a terminology that has been branded in a way. But really, what does intuitive eating mean? It means listening to your body. Where I think people get confused with that branded version of intuitive eating that's popular. There's been a book that's been around for a few decades now on intuitive eating. Um, I see a lot of people getting really stuck in that and struggling with that philosophy because there's still too much in their mind and it's about thinking versus actually feeling. And this is something that needs to be applied with practice. And I'm not very familiar with how that's taught, but of course, you know, just given our past clientele, we've had people, you know, work with intuitive eating before unsuccessfully. Um, I'm sure there are also people who have used it successfully. Um, but the the problems that I see from the people who were not successful with it is that they were still up in their heads and they were not able to shift from the head to the body to actually feel sensations. And they were still wrapped up in thinking, is this enough? Does this feel good? They were still up in the thinking. So that's a common problem that I see. And of course, I can't speak for everyone who's tried intuitive eating under that brand. Um, but you know, to each their own. Let's just leave it at that. Um, but I wouldn't say that this is necessarily the same because I'm just saying this is just about listening to your body cues. And I don't think we need to put a brand on that to say, you know, what it is. Um, it's the ability to focus on your internal cues instead of external cues. So that way, you know, you're not going to know how something feels to you just by looking on at it on a plate, right? You're going to, you're going to feel the feeling when you're experiencing it in you. So of course we want to be able to get to that place where we can eat calmly and peacefully and it be in tune with ourselves as we're eating to be able to notice these signals. So when you have that skill, you will never need to follow a portion size again because it's just completely irrelevant. You're going to have something much better and much more dependable and much more sustainable than following somebody else's idea of what's a good portion. Um, so, and just so you know, um, we had some, just to share a little quick story. I remember uh, we had a client who, she was all about portion sizes prior. And one day she wanted to eat chocolates. And she told herself, you know, well, I'm just going to have two, right? I'm just going to have two chocolates and that's just going to be it. But then she caught herself and she was like, oh, that's me 
imposing my own idea of portion sizes. I decided that for some arbitrary reason, two is the is an appropriate amount. But she goes, I'm not going to get wrapped up in that. Instead, I'm just I'm going to let myself eat as much as I want, but I'm going to practice body listening instead of just deciding I'm going to have two. So she decided to let herself have whatever she wanted to focus on body listening instead. And what ended up happening was after about a half a chocolate, she was just like, you know, this isn't actually feeling good anymore. I'm just going to leave it at this. Like that was a nice taste treat, but I don't need more than that. So she ended up eating even less than the quote unquote designated portion than she would have eaten otherwise. If she had purely listened to portion size and not body listening, she would have had um, two chocolates instead of a half of one. Um, but because she actually listened, she was able to have a more enjoyable experience to savor that amount more rather than just kind of eating the two and then feeling like it wasn't enough because she's only allowed two and then eating more and then eating more. And that was her old pattern. This time she practiced body listening. So notice that the win is not that she only ate half, right? I want to be clear. The win is not that she only ate half. The, the win was that instead of looking at these arbitrary or um, self-imposed rules about, about what would be an appropriate number of chocolates, she decided to practice body listening instead and got a much clearer message that felt better for her than if she had just gone and listened to um, the number. Does that make sense? I hope that story illustrates the practice a little bit better so you can see how it might look in real life. Anyway... That's my two cents on portion sizes. So I hope that answers your question, Janet. Um, I hope that is helpful to you guys and gives you some food for thought for the holidays, that it's not about how many portions or how many servings or how many calories. Pay attention to how you are physically feeling, and that will give you the insight that you need to make your next move. And we offer more resources on how to build these skills, right? Because it's not just about thinking, oh, what's the right portion? It's about actually being able to drop down into the body, feel what's happening, check in with yourself. That's a that's a set of skills that we teach and that you can build. Um, you can check out our free training that will give you a really great intro into this. That's on my website, katiepapo.com forward slash free dash training. You can go check that out. If you're somebody who wants to work with us directly because you know that this is not something you've been able to do yourself and it's important to you to be able to save yourself the future, you know, energy and time that you've already spent trying to fix this unsuccessfully, if you really want the help. Um, to really, you know, do this, feel free to reach out as well. You might be a great candidate for our private 12 week program. Um, and if that's the case, we'll let you know, and then we can move forward. And if you don't have to worry, if it's not a match for you, we will not, we, we will tell you. <laughs> um, so you don't have to worry about that. But um, you know what, I'll just say happy holidays. And I will likely see you tomorrow. Um, and if not, Merry Christmas. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.